Goyard. Hello and welcome back to the CFC Talk podcast. I'm your host, Miles Lizia, as always, joined with uh, Amart and Alex. Um, back from the Southampton game, it's been a few days, two days, uh, since Alex and I, we went. Great atmosphere, great game to watch. I mean, it's a bit disappointing that we had to go to penalties um, for the second time in the Carabao Cup, but Kepa, once again, the saviour for, for Chelsea. Um Yeah, realistically, <laughs> throughout the 90, there's not much to talk about, is there? Like... <laughs> just pretty yeah. standard game yeah it wasn't the most action-packed for sure but there were still some good moments like hudson Adoy made like that's the door that really sharp in this one a right wing back and like he was looking great a left wing like we kind of just stopped trying once he kind of went to left wing but that was the first game in the world where i've seen him look like amazing at right wing back so yeah he made it look he made it fun and it was nice to see how it scored, but it was a header. It's like, fine. And yeah. No, and the other highlight, of course, was seeing Benjamin Chilwell at right wing back <laughs> for no, for some good reason. But yeah, nice to, nice to finish with a penalty shootout as well, to be there as well, and to continue your record, Mohammed, of only watching penalty shootout games so far. I mean, honestly. Um, I was say I, I said this to you. I said if if the next round would would draw Liverpool, which I highly doubt I'll be able to get hands on 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 tickets, or if we draw a, a strong team or um anyone, I will try and get there. And and and, and <laughs> this this is now my Carabao Cup journey. This is not just Chelsea's journey. I'm going to every single Carabao Cup game I can. Um, but Amar, how boring or how amazing was it for watching it from the TV? Because they get honestly, the atmosphere made it fun, but the first half, I think Alex can agree, it was just silent because yeah. there was nothing to kind of cheer on about or or talk about. Yeah, I, I I agree. The atmosphere might take away the fact that the game the game was a very very frustrating game to watch. If I'm honest, it was very very frustrating because in the first half we did nothing offensively. I think apart from Havertz, who was making some moves and taking some initiative in the first half nothing went on Ziyech was poor Buckley was poor there was nothing really going on I think the bright the the, the bright spots in the first half was probably Havertz and Saul was also very very good um, um, against Southampton and then defense in the first half they were they were all right the second half was a different story but yeah it was a frustrating game to watch we did we did we we, we qualified but still, that that wasn't Chelsea, especially winning at seven 0 against Norwich and then coming to um, struggle against Southampton was was was. I think I think you're wrong weird. there. I think um, this is the most Chelsea thing to do, to to win seven 0 and then struggle the next game. Yeah, but it's it still did it's, it still didn't make it still didn't make the game any less frustrating to watch. Yeah, no, I can... it's a Chelsea thing, but man, like. It was a game where we could have we could have won we could have scored goals earlier, but there was no threat in attack. Seeing Ziyech and Buckley on the pitch, you would think that, like in the in the Norwich game, the players that got their chance, they they really really took it. 
they they took it. But I thought Ziyech and Buckley would also take this chance. It didn't look like Buckley was even there at, um, um, at all. I, can't, I don't remember anything Buckley actually did to contribute. I think it was in the second half where he had some some um, chances to take shots and he hesitated on both chances. Instead of him taking the shot first time, he had to make one or two extra touches before he took the shot and he 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 missed it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for some reason, I don't remember a single Chelsea taking a single shot until the 44th minute. Um, yeah, when we scored. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah no but yeah I mean you, you honestly you're, you're right I mean it pretty much the first half was just even even Southampton looked tired I don't know if, if you guys noticed that but even Southampton were it was just pretty much just passing it around trying to get a few chances every now and then from both teams I don't, I don't think neither of the teams were looking for anything in the first half um, or, or it wasn't like Southampton were dominating and we were struggling because Really see, and even with Saul, I, th- I thought he grew into the game. I thought he, he played way better second half um, than the first half, like uh, like Amart said, um, in my opinion. Yeah, sorry, was that Saul? Yeah, or... I, I, yeah, I was just trying to move the conversation to Saul. Yeah, but fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> he kind of like he his game was kind. Of, I didn't like he did the things you don't really notice. He made some good tackles. He had a couple of shots. He had a couple of shots that could have gone in, but. At the end of the day, it's it's Southampton in the cup, and it yeah he needs to string. Hopefully, he can string a couple more of these performances together when he gets a chance. But we're not going to have that many. That like the, our next games are against. I mean, I guess there's a couple of easy games. I think in the league still. I can't remember what our fixture list is like to be honest. But there's no easy cup games for a while until the next round of this. So his chances are, are going to be few and far between until then. But it was good to see from him. Kovacic as well wasn't bad. But it seemed like we just looked like between Ziyech and, and a couple of others, we just couldn't string the ball. Like Because Habits', was, Habits movement, I thought, was pretty good in this game. Like he was definitely, considering he had to play up top and he's not the... He's not extremely fast, but he's not extremely strong either. He has to be really clever with his movements, and he so he did all right. But between Ziyech, Kovacic, and the non-existent Barkley, we just couldn't really find him. So, yeah, I'm saying Ross Barkley. I, I don't remember. I remember him warming up. Or, sorry, I remember pointing to his head just to see. Oh yeah, that's Ross Barkley. Seeing when he was warming up, and then I I didn't see him for the rest of the game. I genuinely. <laughs> Don't remember anything he did. <laughs> but, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, did we? Uh, he was playing on the left, so the side that we were sat mm-hmm. on when in the first half, and I yeah, once or twice just saw him on the ball, pretty much. Um, realistically, you, you, this is, I mean, you could just come on. You could just come on this podcast and be like, Southampton was a pretty boring game for yeah. five three or whatever five four whatever it was on penalties. Goodbye, Kep. I guess yeah. Good. I mean, realistically, the only positive was Kepa. Um, but only after he conceded that first goal. Mm. That he and Chaloba, to be fair. Oh yeah, Ch- yeah. Like, Chaloba Ch- yeah. was Chaloba was great. Like, he mopped up absolutely everything, and he was covering for. SARS, um, 
mistakes. I guess mistakes, yeah, and positioning. He was all. I mean, it, it's it's difficult to make yourself look good. Like you've got to be really good to look good when you got when Alonso isn't really helping you defensively. I say that he did make the most tackles on the pitch. So I'm full of rubbish. <laughs> but yeah, size. Uh, he didn't really. Yeah, he made quite a few mistakes. So, and it's it annoying because it was quite surprising to see how he played really well. Um, what was it against? Uh, in the Premier League, Norwich, at, uh, Brentford. Brentford, yeah. And whereas the Carabao Cup, he kind of struggled. I don't know if it's. I uh, can't remember who else started against Brentford, but uh, maybe because of the other players, mm-hmm. maybe because of you know positioning. Alonso, it could be Alonso, like have not have compared to. Her. Against Brent, well, not not to blame Alonso yeah. too much, but but just like it's different from having Cho on next to you. He had Cho yeah. on next to him when it, when he was playing Brentford, so you have a bit more cover in that respect. And they were attacking a lot down their right hand side, or and our left hand side. So yeah, it's yeah, just more. He needs more chances like this. I mean, it's annoying that he's not on loan to be honest, because I guess he's kind of there to. Like we need another centre back and we lost Zuma, so we need someone who's going to be happy with the like minutes in the cup for now. But yeah, that's so. Just trying to talk about this game in terms of the larger thing is because the game was a bit eh, a bit dead. But yeah, better to talk about I think some of the what like some of the players in terms of the long term, I guess. Yeah. Or we just forget about this and move on to Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think. I think you can talk about some of them a bit more, like with Kepa, with Kepa especially. I, you know, in the beginning, in the beginning, like we we, we all saw Kepa there, and we expected that Kepa would be there, and we had confidence in him. But just that that mistake was, like you could remember the Kepa of like two seasons ago making mistakes like that. And the, but the thing was that I'm happy that he redeemed himself. He made like three good saves in the game that really kept us in the game. Especially in the last minute, they had a shot on, on target, which was going in, but he made a very, very excellent acrobatic save and he, and he made that. And then the penalties too, I don't, I'm not really sure whether he saved Walcott's penalty or it hit the, it hit the, uh, yeah, it, hit the it hit the bar. I think it was the post. It, yeah, yeah the post, but it, it didn't count as a, as a save. As a save, though. okay. It's fine, we'll give yeah. it to Kepa, it's fine. Yeah, I'm because, sorry, because I think, well, I think he even went in the right direction. So it was going and he would have saved. So let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, he did he did well. And this is the third um penalty shootout where he's come out victorious. I think I saw a stat somewhere out of seven penalty shootouts, he's won five or so. I'm not sure. But yeah, I saw a stat somewhere on scorecard. And that's that's actually brilliant. But I really, really hate when we when there are games where we can win and it goes to penalty shootouts. Like how long are we going to ride this? Um, lack of winning penalty shootouts. There was a time at, in Chelsea's history where we were losing penalty shootouts. The luck wasn't there. Even Kepa was there, but we're still losing. So it's 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 there, weird how nowadays we just we are just comfortable with the penalties. Like it just seemed like we're just comfortable because in the end, seeing um, Chilwell come on to play on right on the right wing back, it just seemed like Tuko was comfortable with like going to penalties because he was conf- he was confident that we would win or Kepa would do something. I don't know, but yeah. we, we should try and kill games than take uh, penalties. An interesting... Uh, we, we kill the games in the penalty shootout, man. That's, that's how we do it with Kepa. But it's risky. It's risky. It's Let's, a risky thing. Since since, since pretty much that that's all the game was, 
if we do go to let's say the final it's a penalty shootout against Liverpool or Tottenham Kepa or Mendy <laughs> yeah Kepa it's Kepa it's got to be Kepa like penalty shoot like every, everybody knows Mendy's weakness is penalties yeah that's Mendy's weakness like we played against um, um, Tottenham penalties and he went wrong every time he chose the wrong direction every time and definitely he can improve he can learn a lot from Kepa. Kepa can learn a lot from him. So he can definitely improve. But for now, Kepa is on such a good road. He's <laughs> such a good run that you can't really count him out when it comes to penalties. And I'm sure every time we're going to a penalty shootout, we'll see that substitution that um, Tuko made against, uh, he made in this backup. We'll see that often. If whether Mendy starts or not, anytime I'm going to a penalty shootout, Kepa will come on. Yeah. I mean, how how have the time changed? How have the how has the time changed um, from from him him refusing to come off from a penalty take to us sitting here and saying he needs to he needs to uh, be there for the penalty shootout? Um, but yeah, Chalaba, good performance. Riza Balaga, Kepa, great performance. I'm just reading it off of the who scored website yeah, pretty it's much those two. They only need like times yeah. to write home anything about, but yeah. it's good to see though because like Chalab is really proving that he belongs at the top level and he could easily slot in if like for our big games, and he has done. But I mean, yeah, I think yeah, most of the time in our huge huge games, it's always been Christensen or Thiago Silva and has been really good. But Chalab is slowly pro- or he's proving now that yeah, he could easily slot in at right centre back. And so that's uh, so it's fine there. The I shame this, is, I'm sorry. sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. The shame no, I was just going to say the shame is that he can't. He doesn't appear to be being used at left centre back, which is the one place where we don't have good good enough depth. Like you wouldn't want to play uh, Sar against Man City, for example. So yeah, it's just the one bit part of the pitch where we don't have a amazing replacement. Yeah, I, I was just I was just saying that I think this is the first time I've seen him play without the big boys, like next to the big boys, like next to Christensen, Thiago Silva, mm-hmm. Rediga. He seemed like the one in control in this game, and he really delivered. He was Sa Sa was a little bit off on that day, and James James is also not really that that experienced to play in centre back. You know, you know where his best position is. So it's 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 it was it was very very nice to see him like take control of of that. Um, um, three back um, lineup, and he did. He did very well. He did very well. He he made crucial tackles. There were some. There were some. I think without him, we would have considered way. We've considered more goals, and he did very very well. He stopped a lot of the attacks, and even getting the end of the game where it seemed like they were piling pressure on us, he, he was still. Um, he was still very very calm and collected, and I, and somebody made like. Um, Somebody said something about him being calm and collected, and it just reminds me. Anytime, anytime he's under pressure, and he's he's the only one there, it just reminds me of Thiago Silva for some reason. Like the way Thiago Silva handles the ball with some level of coolness and calmness whenever he's he's under pressure, Chalova behaves exactly like that, and and I don't doubt that he probably he's learning it from Thiago Silva. Yeah, honestly, I think. Um... Having the senior senior players like um, Asby and and Thiago Silva as many, as much as people say oh they're getting old and old, 
they're aging like fine wine. And and what people don't understand is players like Saar, Chalaba, Christensen, who are still learning, um, are this this is like you know you've got two, I would say, some of two two of the greatest defenders in football. Um, as far as we go for Aspi and then Thiago Silva, um. I was waiting for a nod because I was like, oh, yeah. I'm worry, gonna... yeah. Keep going. Yeah, I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know probably we're also thinking about adding Rudiger, but like Rudiger is also, it's also, he's also very, very good, but I don't think the level that Aspi and Thiago Silva are like in terms of like experience, just experience and dealing with strikers. I don't think Rudiger has that, but Rudiger is a very, very good uh, player. And Rudiger is learning from them as well as he's teaching players as well. Yeah, so this is like the perfect time to kind of use the experience that these guys have. Um, even though there's there's like, I I mean, we were talking about this uh, over lunch the other day and we said, you've got to give a contract to um, both Rudiger and, and Christian. So you, you can't let them go. They're, they're at the top of their form. If they're asking for more money, that's perfectly fine. I mean, realistically, Chelsea's defence should be worth more than Chelsea's attack right now in terms of what the performances have been like in... Um, the, at the in this season, I mean Norwich was an exception. That was like seven goals, but other than that, pretty much we've been winning one nil or by one or two goals. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, sorry. Sorry. Go on. Yeah, I'm. I'm just saying that you say it's perfectly fine, but I don't think it's it's as easy as that. I know. Because, I know. Because because yeah. other I know that other players are gonna demand for more and all that kind of stuff. But realistically, right now, Christensen get gets paid. He's one of the least paid players. At Chelsea, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Rudiger as well, or maybe he's like mid tier. I reckon Rudiger's like mid tier because yeah. he was signed in 2018, 2017. I, I had so. this somewhere. Let me let me bring it up. I had the yeah, um, so you can you can go ahead, Alex. I'll just look for the uh, salary. Yeah. yeah, I reckon it's like almost probably 140 something like that, or maybe that's their new offer. Actually, I think that might be then their new offer, but yeah, it's like. I mean, it's difficult to judge who's better than the other in terms of outright level. Like, in terms of experience, yeah, as and no one comes close to Aspi and Thiago Silva. But in terms of, like, how good everyone is right now, it's it's really difficult to compare the three because they're all good at different things. They're all different kinds of centre-backs, but they're all amazing in their own little right. So it's really difficult to compare them. And when it comes to, like, salary and that kind of thing, it's it's really difficult to judge it because yeah so, i mean for me christensen and Rodriguez should be one of the or should be some of the highest earners in the club because yeah, yeah like you said Mohammed, they're playing amazingly right now but how much of that is too cool in the cool system and making them look good is you don't really okay. know right and Let, these salaries if, are, are crazy okay i'm gonna i'm gonna now sit on the bandwagon of giving them each 200k um and 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 fire back and say root i wouldn't go as i wouldn't go and say rudiger and christensen perform the same way under conte who used kind of this same formation mm. back in 2016 if we had this conversation it would be sell christensen uh rudiger just came in so yeah. or yeah so you would have let him off the hook but christensen i think we even said la a few uh under lampard that he's just not chelsea level mm. To now me going on the bandwagon and saying 250k, but I I think I think Rudiger. maybe not 200, but 
Oh, sorry, Christian said. Um, maybe uh, yeah. not not what they're asking for, but at least something that shows them that okay, we're appreciative of what you do, what you've done for Chelsea, and what you continue. Wait, wait, I want to say something. I never said Christensen is not Chelsea level. He wasn't performing well at that time. No, I was just, so I was just saying generally. Yeah, okay. I was just saying like generally, we were, we were all ready okay. to sell him and and get someone else. If if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying that we said the words that he's not Chelsea level or he's not Chelsea standard because. Yeah. He said the words. He said the magic <laughs> word. <laughs> Daniel Childs is coming up to you I've, now. I've I've, I've, uh. I've seen the salary. So if you guys are interested, like I mentioned, the salaries to you. Go for it. Christensen is taking eighty thousand pounds a week, which is very very bad. Yeah. Very bad because Callum Hudson the door is taking one twenty thousand. Mm. Um, Kovacic one fifty. Um, Kepa 155,000. And man, let me see. Rudiger, Rudiger is getting 100,000 pounds a, a, a week. So I think they are looking at guys like Kepa, looking at guys like Chilwell, Havertz, and all that. And they are getting more than them. So their agents, their agents will definitely demand more. But the two of them, 200,000 pounds. We currently we have only three players above 200,000 pounds. That's Timo Werner on 272. N'Golo Kante on two ninety, and then Romelu Lukaku on three two five. So it's I don't know. Yeah, it's it's all it's very weird to compare absolute numbers with salaries because there's always things like bonuses and things, and there's also the legitimacy of the actual sources because the way I see it, everyone claims every single journalist will claim a different yeah, exactly, number for every exactly, single person. Exactly, exactly. So all, all it is is just paying them what they want, I think, really, or paying them close to what they want because at the end of the day, they are the best defenders. And if we don't if we don't re-sign them, then we're going to go have to spend 80 million on Kunde, who can't even play, who doesn't even play as a specialist. Watch out, watch back. out. <laughs> He doesn't. He doesn't. I know. I, I know. I was just saying. I was just saying. He's good. I, I, I'm saying he's great. Of yeah. course, like bro, it's clear to see he's an, an amazing young defender, but he doesn't fix anything immediately for us. Exactly. And, and at the same time, I think apparently Delict's been underforming as well. That's kind of why they want to uh, get rid of him right now, is because he's taking up a huge wage for them, uh, for Juventus. Yet he's not really performing that well. So, I mean, but then there's the argument. Tuchel could probably make them look as good as Christensen and Rudiger. We want to really try it Tuchel, out when we've, Tuchel, we've got two defenders who are already proven. Yeah. Tuchel, Tuchel, Tuchel can make everybody work for him. He, didn't, he couldn't make he couldn't make he couldn't make Tammy work for him. He couldn't make um, um, Giroud work for him. They left, so Emerson oh. couldn't work for him. He made Giroud work for him. In yeah. his have time, have you seen say. have you seen Juru's recent interview? I think he did with Sky Sports or something. Just because he, he benched him for it's not about making him work, is he just flat out he scored the hat trick uh, against no, Sevilla. The the thing was Juru was already oh, good was before he came. Juru wasn't bad. Juru was still no. performing. Juru scored four goals against Sevilla and Alampa. Yeah. So Juru was good before yeah. Tuchel came. It's just that Tuchel didn't yeah. use him. So it's not like yeah. Tuchel made him better. He just didn't use him. Hmm. I mean, did we really need... He didn't make any of our... Tell me an attacker that he has made better. Werner. He's made Werner better. Yeah. 
is mid Werner, but Werner himself says that he, he didn't really perform well under Lampard. Team, uh, Werner scored no, the but the th- that, that's the thing with Werner. You can't really talk about Werner and talk about his goals contribution because when you when he when he's on the pitch, when he's on the pitch now, that's not yeah. what we expect from him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're right. So if if you're going to judge Werner on goals, then mm-hmm. he's been he's been very 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 poor. But yeah. on everything else, his runs, his assists, and all that, he's, he's pretty is- good. This is my what... excuse is, is age. My excuse is age. Drew's too old to learn new things. <laughs> so what about, what, what, Twitter, what, 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 what about time? What about time? Debate looks like in person. Yeah. yeah. No, this is nothing compared to football. Twitter. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not my, I'm not slamming my laptop on the ground yet. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. It's <laughs> yeah, nothing compared right. to Twitter. Yeah. But yeah, let's move on. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Alex knows it. He's close. He's about to no, smash his laptop and go to, go I'm to not bed. That, uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, the going bed to the bed part is right. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, I mean, yeah, I I would go and, and give them that. Okay, I don't know what's happening there, but I would go and give them the, the, the new contract. Um, and I think I think at the end of the day, as much as um, both agents are saying, oh, they want to stay, but Chelsea are not agreeing at all, this and that, everything. <laughs> It's all just antics. There's, there's still five months to the transfer window to even open. So unless Newcastle are coming in with with a hundred million for both of them, I don't think Chelsea are going to be selling anytime soon. Um, Look, there was some hazard to hazard to Newcastle rumors today, as well as Chelsea, which made me quite laugh. Um, <laughs> it's like if we can't have them, at least at least Newcastle Newcastle have them. Um, I wouldn't. Um, put it past them to do that because he's towards the end of his career and realistically they're not going to be able to sign Mbappe or, or a big star until they they prove that okay we're, we're going to be a top four team now a regular top four Champions League team um, so Hazard could be going there but in terms of Newcastle we've got them tomorrow when you guys are watching this podcast um, new manager we know the luck how we know, we know the luck uh and it's away from home so that doesn't help as well so every every single thing is stacked against chelsea um have they have they appointed have they appointed a new manager yet or is it still the interim no, they're st- manager yeah they're still using an interim okay. manager i think okay. i mean barcelona sacked their manager and and yeah, before yeah, moving crazy. on um <laughs> man city is out of the cup so this time we at least have a new winner it's not going to go yeah. to city again we have a chance. Yeah, and top top. <laughs> we don't Tottenham have to go are, to win. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, Tottenham fans are thinking that it's it's their year and just laugh it off. Yeah, I was saying to you on the match, no more get to the final, inshallah, and inshallah cup. We're we're getting we're getting to the final and winning this time. Because <laughs> yeah, no more. Yeah, I mean, Moyes, Moyes has done a very, very fantastic job with West Ham. Very fantastic job. Like, yeah, the the transformation that he has done. Even when he started, it didn't work out that well for him. But I don't know for some reason. I think he, I think he got he got a new coach in his second season or something. He got a new coach in his or a new set of coaches in his um, backroom staff, and then everything just started clicking again. Like. And yeah, I think he's done an a, an amazing game with that with that club, like amazing amazing job with that club. And the way they were able to hold City back, I, granted, City didn't really use their best players. I think they used some like some of their 
Yeah, Mahrez and a couple of others, but then there was also a couple of his youth players, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't, West Ham too, I don't really think they also used everybody, but the main guys were there. So it's it's it was it was it was very very good seeing him, seeing them beat City, and yeah, City missed one penalty and that was that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I was going to say something about West Ham. Yeah, West Ham, uh, I can't remember, a Czech businessman wanted to invest. Uh, he's the owner of another club, but he can't, he can't get an ownership, but he's, he was trying to get a stake at West Ham, which is quite interesting because Newcastle's just happened. If this goes through, um, which they think is going to be announced by November, mid-November, and, and they'll have like 20, 30 million to spend in January, um, the Premier League's truly backing on. We've got Ronaldo, we've got Lukaku, we've got some of the greatest talents in in youngsters. We are going to see Lewandowski go to um, Newcastle and see Neymar go to West Ham. <laughs> I've kind of ruined my joke there, but I was going to say we've got some oh, of the greatest, sorry, sorry, young, sorry, sorry. greatest young talents in in. in uh, in Mason Mount and then Phil Foden, and then we've got Emil Smith Rowe as well. Just... <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. I think Chalobo uh commented on Mount's Instagram saying, Oh, I bet like something about some kind of comparison. So it's like, Yeah, you yeah, know. I think I think he wrote, I think he wrote something like, and we took it seriously or something like yeah. that. And we took it, I think Mohammed said the last, yeah, in the last recording or so. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was just, yeah, under it, just dot, 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 and he took it personally, which is, um, a Michael Jordan meme. Yeah. yeah. Um, Newcastle, Oof. anything to talk about there? Uh, we have a bad record. Let's, let's not do that. <laughs> let's get the Ty Lampard back just for this game. He always does well. He always did well there. So, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I I was gonna I was gonna say we, if we lose, it's fine. But realistically, not really. fine. No, no, no. Look, no. At, look at the table. Yeah. yeah. Tell, tell yeah. us that losing is fine because it's really. Yeah, we've got I mean, to go we're, and we're get how, how the table is so like closely packed mm. at the top there. Anybody mm. who slips up is going to seventh, eighth. <laughs> so you really yeah. have to do I mean, something. Who would have thought week ten and and you know we we could be talking about Brighton finishing above Spurs and and Man United and you know Arsenal. Yeah. They're somehow doing really well. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But uh, th- I mean, it's still I think early days. You can't really look at the table and think is and make a form a decisive opinion on it. I think until about a third of the way through. So. Once we get to wait, maths is failing on me now. I'm gonna guess it at 15 games. Actually, yeah, 15, 16 games. Once we get that, and if Brighton is still there, because I think Brighton still have some tricky fixtures coming up. So we see on that one. But but yeah, though, I think now that I mean Chelsea's fixture list is all is coming back into my head now after watching after looking at the table, and it's we play all three of the relegation teams. Or the three teams that are 18th, 19th, 20th. Um, or we just played Norwich and I think we have Newcastle and then Burnley. So yeah, this is the time to just yeah, capitalize on things, give some distance between 
I mean, the only bit other big game this weekend, I think, is United Spurs. So, not really getting any distance on anyone, but a draw would be perfect, yeah. and that would just kind of yeah. rule out both teams from the title. I would, I would say, they're already ruled out. <laughs> just to be just, to, I mean, just yeah, to it, sure. it's Tottenham. It's, yeah, I forgot about, it. and then all is at the wheel, anyways. And seems like my United never want to sack Ole at all. Um, but uh, one one more thing that I wanted to kind of talk about, since since it's a pretty. I, I, let's be honest there's not much to say about Newcastle there's not much to say about Southampton might as well have these some, some of these debates and then cause some drama here but um, Lampard at Chelsea Ole at Man United Arteta at Arsenal Perlo at Juventus huh yeah Perlo yeah I was going to say yeah that's what is it with clubs and now going to yeah. legends who have immense experience in 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 playing football, who are club legends, and Arteta might be a bit of a problem. But um, who's who's the real winner here? Who's the, let's be honest. Let's let's get straight to the point. Who's the real winner except Chelsea? Because realistically, it's Chelsea. But Chelsea is the win. No one else is the winner. <laughs> I, I no saw a tweet the other day, and it was like. If Ole gets sacked now, Arteta wins the managerial debate because he's won the FA Cup and he's still at Arsenal. And I was like, you're ninth and on the weekly Sky Sports debate, you get laughed at on a, on a weekly basis. So if that's what you call a win. The real winner is Steve Bruce, who's now going to go and work for Barcelona. <laughs> Odds on that happening, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> Overpay God. him and... <laughs> It was that there was a betting thing about uh, the, about the odds for the next Man United manager, and nineteen to one was Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. That was like, I was like, oh yeah, I would love that. People say money is the death of football. It's just uh, employing all ex players. Yeah, it's just such a twenty nineteen thing, you know. They're two years late to it again. Just yeah, they're two two years late. With this whole trend of hiring hiring player manager or legendary players as managers, but you know he'll he'll be gone in what I, I give it what twelve months he'll be out just just how the way the way they the way things roll with him I think and then Ole will go to Barcelona <laughs> no no this is too much yeah. speculation but yeah but- it's it's really weird. Yeah, but but to be honest, it's not really it's not really a new thing. It's it's happened in the past before. Ancelotti took over AC Milan by playing there. Conte took took over Juventus after being a player. Um, Liverpool used to do it for some time. They had Kenny Dalglish. They had Rogers. They were all former but players. They were they were experienced though, right? They were no, they weren't. They weren't. I mean, Conte, a lot. Juventus. But Conte, would, yeah. but Conte didn't have enough experience before he got the job. He didn't really have that much experience before I got the Juventus job. And I think with um, Ancelotti too, the same thing. He only had one or two games, two teams that he has managed also before he came in. But yeah, I, I agree. It's like nowadays is a bit too early. Nowadays is a bit too early. And considering how competitive the game has become, you need at least, apart from experience, you also need to be able to manage the players very well. You need to have that in your locker room as well. So, I think that's the biggest issue we had with Sari. Sorry for the interruption, but 
uh, I think there was a lot of times that we sat, uh, not uh, that we didn't do podcasts back then, but a lot of times on, on Twitter and on social media was the biggest debate was as a manager, when you don't have a huge profile, players who have trophies, who have experience tend to just kind of yeah. overlook yeah. your tactics, overlook your decisions because they just think they know what's best for them. Yeah, um, exactly. And I, I, it's weird. It's weird how I have this screenshot of, or, or, or this picture of Sari looking at the Europa League medal that we won. Yeah, yeah. And it's just him staring at it, and he just has it on his hands, and just shows what it means to him. Um, but I'm not going to open that loophole because because Chelsea and Sari, and yeah. that's a debate for international break because Twitter's. A I, weird I, I think I think with Sari that was his first ever. Yeah. trophy won so he he was he was and it was a big one too it wasn't like any other it was a big trophy too and yeah i mean like what you said it's true and i think one of the reasons why um one of the reasons why lampard um um, um depended on the youth a lot was because the youth were more they were more like how to say it they were they were more likely to take whatever he takes on than players who were experienced and like you said that problem might come up because um, Zidane didn't really have that many, he didn't have experience at all before he coached uh, Real Madrid, but they respected him a lot. Pep didn't Zidane have. Was, Zidane was, uh, I think, I think an exceptional manager. Or I mean, Pep um... too as well. Pep too also didn't have experience before he took on Barcelona, but he he used a lot of youth players at the time that he had worked with in the academy and brought them over, and they just adapted to his his ideology very very well. So. I mean, it's 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 a like like I said, it's a risk. It's a very big risk, and I think it's a new thing that is going on, and like a feel good factor, something that will bring the fans the um, um, more connected to the club. But the 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 downside too is that if it doesn't work, then you have a lot of toxic fans too as well. So yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a weird situation, um, which doesn't seem like it's gonna get any better now. Um, and and I feel like it now a domino effect is gonna start because because Newcastle need a manager, um, Barcelona need a manager, my United will eventually have to get rid of uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, but yeah, pretty much <laughs> that that's the episode. Honestly, for me, <laughs> nothing else to talk about. What a great week of <laughs> of, of, of club football, you know. <laughs> nah. The no. drama is coming though. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, we know it's another international break's coming, but we've got more Champions League what next week, I think. Yeah, next week. So yeah, that and that's that, that'll be a big one as well. I mean, yes, it's Malmo, but it's a, it's still a very important game to get three points in. And Newcastle is never easy. It's never yeah. I remember last year, I think it was we won through a like Timo Werner, I think, made had an amazing assist for Tammy. Tammy scored so yeah it's but it wasn't an easy game so yeah this is going to be weird with like we can pretty much well I mean now we'll leave we'll leave our predicted line say for Instagram but you pretty much could almost tell what it's going to be but I guess it maybe maybe not so because we've got players like Pulisic coming back now yeah, that, that's yeah. one debate that we could have a whole podcast on. Um, Christian Pulisic and his injury. 75 days, 76 when you guys are watching this since, since he's stepped on the pitch for Chelsea. 
um, which now that now we know that he's, he's starting to train with the team and um, or he's, he's started training on his own and he's going to move to training with the team. I just really hope that he um, plays for us because honestly, I think knowing the way Chelsea do business, this is probably going to be his last or second last season at most um, for himself to kind of prove um, himself. Um but yeah, don't don't think he's going to be starting anytime soon against Newcastle or anything. A few injuries. Uh, not sure if um, Christensen's back. What the? The six in team training now. Oh, oh is he? he? Was pictured. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, why yeah. he so made I the saw, news today. Yeah, I saw oh, some pictures so, today. Yeah, no, I I saw the news. I contention to play oh. against Newcastle. I would still save him for another week and just kind of make sure that he's fully ready. Um, yeah. Honestly, yeah, just just pretty much that. It's, it's it's a week where you play some easy easy sides, but the game tends to be a lot harder or more frustrating than than others, and kind of have nothing to talk about other than oh, it was a boring game with a one nil win or that kind of stuff. Uh, we're not we're not Liverpool. We have Mo Salah and Sadio Mane scoring five goals every game, um, but we are Chelsea and we defend like hell and we make sure yeah. that we get the three points that we need. So Newcastle away, the one, three points. So, sorry, I'm just saying that the one week that we score 7-0, then they go ahead and score 5-0 against United. <laughs> <laughs> Let the AFCON come and then we'll, we'll, we'll speak yeah. to Liverpool fans. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much it for the episode. I know it's a bit of a slow one today, but that that's how we felt with the Southampton game and hopefully not with the um the game at the weekend against Newcastle but yeah pretty much um it for the podcast thank you guys for listening thank you guys for tuning in uh make sure to follow all of our social media pages make sure to follow our second channel for live streams live watch alongs and match day videos um and yeah if if Alex and I win win tickets to the rest of the games then we'll probably be sat here every week uh not knowing what yeah, to talk lost. about <laughs> Not knowing what Charles, what, what was when happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty much it. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time.